Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Deep Thoughts by Chris Sims. Why does everybody say tournament? It's not the Tour de France, it's the Tour de France. Deep Thoughts by Chris Sims. Tune in tomorrow. I have no idea what the hell that was. Well done. And I don't want to take any more time thinking about it. Well, you, uh, what do you say? Do you say, what do you say? Are you a tournament guy or a tournament guy? And I have this, I almost asked you this at the end of the show yesterday when we were doing the Tour de France talk, right? It's, I say, I say tournament. Of course, you're Just, wrong. That's what I've always said. You're wrong. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> you say tournament? I do. I don't know why, but I do. Yes. I mean, you, oh, know, I you can know me. Give you about, I can give you about 275 reasons why that's the total number of additions to the Simsism uh, <laughs> lexicon that we have compiled over the past few years. So that would be reason number one. So good morning. It's Pro Football Talk Live. It's not Deep Thoughts with Chris Sims. And the Tour de France has kept us off of NBCSN for the re-air. So you can only get us on Peacock TV. And we now have on-demand re-air of PFT Live on Peacock TV. Wow. So if you miss the live show... You can watch it whenever. You can watch it at 9 a.m. Eastern when you otherwise would have seen us on NBCSN, and you will again soon once the Tour de France is over, if we're going to be consistent <laughs> between tournament and tour. And, uh, you know, Sirius XM 211, Sky Sports, it doesn't matter to any of them. I get all sorts of emails from our friends in the U.K. and Ireland saying, what does all of this Peacock stuff mean to us? It means nothing to them. Although sources close to me tell me that we soon – and I think this is a good thing. We're not going to be live any longer on Sky Sports. Instead, we'll be on at 5 p.m. local time, which is close enough to prime time to make me say it's in prime time. Prime so time. Prime time. Don't be like Kirk Cousins now. Don't you do that, all right? You know, make sure you show up in prime time. Okay, Florio? Well, yeah, look, and let's also keep a, a ledger of the number of times I insult Kirk Cousins and the number of times you do because I think it's far more equal than anyone would realize. So anyway, we continue onward with the show because we're nine days away from the start of the regular season and we'll be with you all season long with everything that's happening in the National Football League, Chris. And as we get closer and closer to next Thursday and more importantly this Saturday when the rosters get cut 
from 80 maximum down to 53, there will be news. There will be transactions. There will be efforts to get these rosters to where the coaches want them to be. And there isn't the type of information floating around we ordinarily would glean from no. the preseason because there is no preseason. Right. And let's rewind to what happened yesterday during the show because the news is still unresolved as it relates to running back Leonard Fournette, the fourth overall pick in the 2017 draft, a guy who had more rushing yards last year than Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, or Josh Jacobs. That 1152 it's, last year yeah. for Leonard Fournette. He's now available to anyone who is willing to put in the waiver claim. The the Jaguars weren't able to trade him with that that abracadabra switcheroo. We're releasing him. Oh, wait, we found someone to trade him to, which happens all the time. He was waived, and we're in that 24-hour window, Chris, where if a team looks at the film, looks at the player, looks at the contract, looks at their depth chart, they can put in a claim, and we set the over-under yesterday at four and a half. I think the under is going to win, not the over. I took the under, you took the over, but we're in that window now where teams can come to the conclusion that they want to give this guy a second chance. Yeah, I'll be interested to say, I mean, see where it, where it ends up as far as the claims, but I mean, I think what we've seen over the last 24 hours, it doesn't look good for my side of the bet. I mean, I just haven't heard, you know, enough rumors, names, things attached to Leonard Fournette, and it's... To me, shocking. It really is. First off, I'm shocking there wasn't more of a trade market for Leonard Fournette. You know, I, I know that teams probably looked at Jacksonville and said, oh, you're going to release him anyways. Yeah, but, I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, th th that's the way to put it. I think, you know, I, I look at it and I think his talent is undervalued because of where he's been stuck. You know that, Mike. I mean, there's a lot of issues into that. I think he's extremely talented. And there's a lot of teams out there I can look at and go, wow, he would certainly be an improvement to your running back room and would be the best player in your running back room. I have no doubt about that. So that's where I'm interested to see where this goes today. Yeah, and I, I, I'll be stunned if no one claims him. It's a relatively low investment as the running back market goes. And it's also a, a price that you're paying to evaluate Leonard Fournette to possibly be your guy beyond this year, whatever that may be. I mean, you may have to pay closer to market value, but what the hell is market value right now? $8 million a year, that's what Melvin Gordon got. So $4.1 million and change for one year with Leonard Fournette. Yes, you do step into the Jaguars' shoes. The money is fully guaranteed with no offset language, but you're, you're, you're keeping him for a year. It's yeah. one year. It's not a huge amount of money. He had over 1,100 yards rushing last year. He had over 500 yards from scrimmage last year. I think that it makes sense for the right offense to give it a try. Here's Doug Marone yesterday, the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, explaining the decision to move on from Fournette after only three seasons. So my role is to put the best guys I can together as a team. Um, same way I've been talking to the players from the beginning. Um, and at the end of the day, it's going to fall to me you know, who those, who those best players are, you know, and, and how we want to play and what we want to do. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I've got to be able to, you know, feel the team uh, that I believe gives us the best chance to win. So this had nothing to do with any locker room stuff, off field stuff. It was strictly on field. He was no problem in the locker room at any point. No, was not. And it strictly has to do on the field. I just have to make a very important observation before we move on. Please. 
either Doug Marone is becoming Alec Baldwin or Alec Baldwin is becoming Doug Marone. I'm not quite sure. He's looking well, good. I mean, I like. He looks the, like he looks like Alec Baldwin. Hair's pushed back, nice. You know, got the fingers running through it, manicured beard. He looks like he's lost a little weight. Maybe he's off the bologna sandwiches a little bit. So that's good. I always enjoy listening to him. I don't buy what he just said for one second. Just so you know that. Just to be clear, do you? Do you buy that? Well, I, I uh, apparently not I, with that yeah, comment. No. Well, uh, yeah. no, I don't I, exactly. I, I, hear, I mean, look, you, you never make decisions based on one aspect. It's always the entire picture. And I, we mentioned yesterday the very notorious decision by the Eagles to give a wake up call to Chris Carter almost 30 years ago to the day. Right. And what did Buddy Ryan say? All he does is catch touchdowns. So, yeah, this is one of those situations where. You can say after the fact, I was trying to help the kid land somewhere else. We wanted him to get a second chance, so we weren't going. And and this is this is what look, they 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 have four point one million reasons for someone to claim this contract on waivers. So they tried and tried and tried to trade him. They couldn't get anything even yesterday when they said, "Hey, world, we're cutting this guy. Here's your last chance to get dibs on his contract before he passes through waivers." And they couldn't get anyone to do it then. They're not going to bear their souls about every concern they have about Leonard Fournette because they want one of the other 31 teams to say, we'll sure. take that contract off your hands and you get another $4.1 million to go on top of the $17.8 million that they picked up when they were able to dump Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I hear you. I, I just, you know, I'm not going to buy the it's on the field thing. And the guy's too talented. That's Well, no. yeah, I mean, that, that that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I they, know. If there is an off-field issue... They don't benefit by telling no, I get the other you. 31 teams while they're in the middle of their due diligence, hey, you need to be concerned about some vague off-field considerations that we're not going to delve into. Right, 100%. And, and, you know, there's actually history there with that a little bit with, like, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, you know, Doug Marone, this is what I respect about him, and he understands this. He's not going to sell any player, like, down the river and, and do that to them, expose them that way. I mean, look how it went down with Jalen Ramsey, right? I mean, Jalen Ramsey got in a fight with Doug Marone on the sideline. Doug Marone still didn't say anything negative about Jalen Ramsey after that incident or leading up to the trade to the Rams or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I got to believe that there was some issue there. I don't know what it is. I'm sure we'll hear at some point. I understand scheme fit and things like that. Hey, guys who run 4-4 and are 230 and can run for 80-yard touchdowns fit in any scheme. So that's where I just don't buy it either. I, I would think there's got to be some argument about how he was fitting into the scheme, maybe some things he's done in the locker room. I know he has a history a little bit of upsetting them a few times here and there, even about things we don't know about. So uh, it's just it's, it's pretty amazing because you talked about the names that are on the list as far as running backs are concerned, and I think it's an elite talent in football. I mean, I look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I just go, hey, I like Ronald Jones, and I know they got the kid Vaughn from Vanderbilt who I saw in person last year at Notre Dame. I mean, he's got talent. I get it, but they ain't Leonard Fournette. So I, I just I think there's some teams out there that would really benefit from his skills and what he can do. The Dolphins are paying Jordan Howard two years, nine point seven five million. That's four point eight seven five million per year. That's more on average for two seasons than what Leonard Crazy. Would cost. But but if you're the Dolphins, you could say we've already made our investment in that area of our exactly. roster. Right. I, look, I I just don't think you turn up your nose at a great player when a great player is available, but the fact that they weren't able to trade him, and it may just be, see, we can look at it and say, well, 
they knew the Jaguars were eventually going to cut him, so why give anything? You give something to secure a better spot in line because as it stands right now, if Washington wants him to be the Darius Geis replacement, they've got him. Yep. If the next team up wants him, they got him. If you're a team that is anywhere out of the top 10 and you want him, you ain't going to get him. So that that's that's one of the realities here that I thought would maybe get someone to throw a conditional yeah, seventh-round pick to the Jaguars to get him yesterday. Leonard Fournette making it clear that wherever he goes, he will be motivated. He will be determined. He said on Twitter that you will get a player who is focused, motivated, and ready to get to work. Some people say maybe that implies he wasn't focused or motivated or ready to get to work in Jacksonville. But either way, he's saying what he needs to say to try to get someone to claim him on waivers. And if I'm Leonard Fournette, frankly, I don't want to be claimed on waivers. I don't want to be. Yeah. Because, uh, number one, I looked at his contract yesterday. He's got a decent argument to keep his $4.1 million gotcha. on the Jaguars. You can see the story at profootballtalk.com. But the suspension that the league imposed on him, a suspension for on-field misconduct, unnecessary roughness, et cetera, that's not listed as one of the suspensions that would void your guarantee. Right. So I'd be comfortable arguing that one on his behalf in a, in a formal arbitration. So he gets that one, that 4.167, and – he gets to pick his next destination. Yeah, right. He doesn't have to go to a team that isn't a contender just because that team had dibs in the waiver order. So don't, don't you know, don't don't try too hard, Leonard, to get someone interested today. You want that waiver claim to be not made. You want to be able to say, "I'm going wherever they want me, and I'll take a million dollars. I'll take the minimum for a fourth-year player." Because I'm fairly confident I'm going to win that grievance and keep the 4.167. Unless there's, again, other stuff we don't know about yeah, that right. the Jaguars are going to come after him with. It's pretty clear. Those guarantees, they have limitations for where they can be voided. And I remember they came out and said they're voiding it based upon that suspension. I'm not sure that suspension is going to trigger the void. So if I'm him, Chris, I, I want to be able to say I'll go to this team. Or maybe I just want to sit back and wait for an ACL to That's blow out. That's right evaluate right? evaluate it all a little bit just see where it goes over the next week or so maybe just you know hey digest these rosters a little bit if that is the case to where you don't get picked up on waivers or anything like that yeah I mean that's more that is that's ideal for the player himself for Leonard Fournette there's no doubt about that uh I, I'll just be I'll be shocked if that's the case I really will be I mean I just cannot imagine 32 teams passing up a freak of nature like Leonard Fournette and I know it hasn't always been like a bed of roses off the field. That's why he probably released that statement. Yeah, he's had some frustration. You know, you, you mentioned it yesterday. You know, this was like, this was the freak of freaks coming out of high school. I mean, we knew who he was. I knew who he was a junior in high school. People tell me, oh, this Leonard Fournette kid, you got to watch us. Look at these highlights. This kid's going to LSU. You know, and then you talked about he struggled at LSU that last year. He had the high ankle sprain. He gets to Jacksonville. It's been up and down. Sometimes guys like that, when you're used to being the most physically dominant, you know, freaky guy on the field all the time, and you hit a few, you know, blips in the radar screen there, like, like we could say he has, uh, yeah, it's, it's caused some frustration, I think, caused him to act a way in which he probably wishes he didn't, and that's probably why he releases that kind of statement, too. Think about it from this perspective. As a rookie, the Jaguars make it to the brink 
of the Super Bowl. They're right. up 10 points in the fourth quarter. Miles Jack rips the ball away from, I think it was, I can't was it James White or I, Deion Lewis? I think it was, I, I think it was Deion Lewis, if I remember rips right. Rips the ball yeah. away, returns it for a touchdown. The officials can't process it. It all happens so fast. And they would have been up 17 in the fourth quarter. Now, it's still the Patriots. It's still Tom Brady. They probably yeah, would have come back know. and won anyway. Right. But to have that kind of a rookie season and then have it bottom out the next year, and last year was not good. It was more good. It was more bad than good, but there's glimmer of hope, and he had 1,152 rushing yards, but he's been through a lot, and you let him land on a contending team. And look, I'm not going to apply the jinx to anyone. We don't need a, a, a sheet of paper and a pen to list all of the high-end running backs. We know who they are. If one of them should tear an ACL between now and the end of September, in walks Leonard Fournette, and he walks right into a starting job potentially. So there may be some benefit in being patient well, here. Now, go ahead. I was just to say, and, and just to add to that, because I, I mean, I, I like what you just said. I just want to say, but like, here's some teams that I can just name off just, just right off the bat and go, they don't have a guy as quality as him. The Steelers, the Dolphins, the Chargers, the Bears, the Bucks, the football team in Washington, the Eagles. I know the Eagles got miles. They, 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 those right now, right away, right. No matter what you do, I look at that and go upgrade right off the bat. Gonna help your football team. So uh, let me ask you this though: If you're yeah. Leonard Fournette, who do you want to play for? Ooh. Any of the other teams? Who do you want to? Well, who's your first choice? Well, it, it, I mean, any of the other teams as far as like you know, I would, I any would team. Who's your first choice? Uh, man. All things equal, money equal. Who's your first choice? If oh. you're rooting for any one team to claim you on waivers today, who is it? Oh, well, I mean, I mean, he's not realistically like it's not going to be the Ravens or the 49ers or anything like that. I think it might be a team like the Steelers. I do. I think that would be a team that would fit his style, his attitude. You know, they need to get that back into the running game world a little bit. Ever since Le'Veon Bell, it hasn't quite been the same. That's one that jumps out to me. And then probably the Bucks after that, if I'm Leonard Fournette, because, hey, yeah, he sees the potential. It's not far down the road. He didn't grow up far from there in Tampa. There's probably a lot of positive things about that as well. And let me just say this, and this flips around the Antonio Brown dynamic. Once Brown got out of Pittsburgh, we found out what a handful Antonio yeah. Brown was when he wasn't in Pittsburgh. Leonard Fournette may be a handful for Doug Marone. Leonard Fournette in Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin may be a model citizen. Yeah, right. Right. Mike Tomlin's got that way, and other coaches are in awe of Mike Tomlin in this regard. He's got that way about him where he knows how to get guys who may be inclined to give him trouble to not give him trouble, period. It's that simple. He's got that gift. That's one of the reasons why he's such a good coach, and I still don't know why he's not as appreciated as he should be in Pittsburgh, but Leonard Fournette could become everything that he was at LSU in the right circumstance, and yeah. maybe Pittsburgh is that place. The Jaguars, and th this drives me crazy, as soon as the word came out yesterday, they're moving on from Leonard Fournette. Trevor Lawrence was trending on Twitter because everyone's saying the Jaguars are tanking to try to get Trevor Lawrence. Folks, first of all, they're not tanking. And let's hear from Doug Marone first, and then we can, we can amplify sure. his reasoning for why they're not tanking. Here he is from yesterday. If that's the case, then, you know, the realization is if that happens, then, you know, I, I'm not going to be here, right? I mean, at the end of the day, if I don't if I don't win enough games or, you know, do enough with this team, um, you know, I don't I don't foresee, you know, me be, still being employed. So I'm doing everything I can to make sure that we have the best team uh, to win football games. I mean, that's as simple as, 
uh, you know, I can be on it. Yeah, and he's absolutely right. That's the thing everyone's missing. This isn't the first year of Doug Marone as coach and Dave Caldwell as GM. This very well may be the last year. They're not going to tank to make it easier for their replacements to get Trevor Lawrence. That's not going to happen. They're not tanking. They're not trying to be bad. They may just organically and naturally be bad. And frankly, the moves that Caldwell has managed to make with Jalen Ramsey and now Yannick Ngakwe, it actually gives him... I'm a big believer in the coach and the GM being on the it same page. It gives him a one-up on Doug Marone. It gives, him, it gives no him a little argument to make when it hits the fan that look at look at this. Hey, hey, Shad Khan, owner of the team, look at this beautiful assortment of draft picks we have. I did that. I, Mike, just, just I, keep that in mind before you fire me. But it's, it's I, I'm that's where I wanted to go because that's what it looks like a little bit. You know where I go. You know, I feel bad a little bit for Doug Marone. I think he is a really good football coach. He's been stuck in some tough positions or whatever else. But here he is. Yes, he mentioned it. Of course, yeah, they can't tank. They end up 3-13, and 4-12. and 12. Doug Marone's fired. It's done. It's over. And, you know, that's where it is a little weird dynamic right now where, listen, he, he had to get rid of Leonard Fournette. Obviously, there was something there that he didn't like or didn't fit in the locker room or whatever that is. But at the same time, these moves are certainly handicapping Doug Marone to a degree uh, as far as how successful he can be. Gosh, this is a young football team, a lot of new parts to it. And you're right. It kind of Dave Caldwell will be able to sit there and go, look, I, I made some moves to set us up here for the future. You know, and, and it, it does. It kind of gives him, I, I think, a better chance of surviving. If they did, let's just say, go 6-10 and 10 or 5-11, and 11, he'll be able to point to that and go, well, I made moves that the future could be bright here, and Doug Marone could be the odd man out because of that. And he's, he's in a tough situation because of that, I believe. Bottom line, no tanking for the Jacksonville right. Jaguars. And we'll see how they are. Maybe it's addition by subtraction with a guy who didn't want to be there in Ngakwe right. gone and a guy who they didn't want there anymore in Leonard Fournette gone a guy the Chargers very much would like to have on the football field it looks like he's not going to be available this season Man. we said yesterday that Derwin James would miss significant time with a torn meniscus and remember we said there's two ways you can do the meniscus you can do the quick fix that that takes away cartilage that may come in handy later in your career or you can do the full repair that takes a lot longer to heal. It sounds like that's what he's doing because it's six to eight months per multiple reports that he'll be out. How big of a deal is this for the Chargers defense, Chris? Well, I don't think it's like a, a deal breaker. Let's just say that. The Chargers defense is too talented to just have one player affect them and it, they just fall off earth. Uh, you know, Other thing is, I'll say that this, they've done a great job, Tom Telesco, Gus Bradley, everything like that, realizing that this is a pretty important position on their football team. So they have a few guys there that, yes, no one's going to be Derwin James. I mean, other than Jamal Adams, there's nobody comparable to him in football. Uh, this is unfortunate, but I do think they can survive it. Certainly not going to have him out there, which is he's the ultimate awesome guy. I mean, he really is. He can take on blockers. He can fill a hole and tackle a running back. He can run down the field and cover top-notch receivers and tight ends like it's nothing. So they lose some of that versatility and his talent there at that spot. But I still think this is a very talented defense, and they won't have a problem. I just feel bad for Derwin James. I really do. And I'm glad. He needs to do the right surgery. Don't do the quick fix. This is a guy has got a little bit of a – he had a knee history coming out of Florida State. You got a long career ahead of you. Don't just, you know, tape and staple a few big things back together here. Uh, I think this is the best move for the long-term future of his career.
And Chris, we talked about this yesterday as it relates to the Eagles, as it relates to a team that has constant nonstop injuries. When it's a player who gets this, this label, right? At, at what point is it? I know. Derwin James just isn't built to be an NFL player. He's Ooh. got the skills, yeah. right? But the body isn't able to handle the traumas that will happen to it from time to time. The foot has an issue. The knee has an issue. Right. This has an issue. It almost reminds me of Bob Sanders. Yeah. You know, when, you, when you can finally get Bob Sanders healthy and on the football field, he was the best defensive back in football, the best safety at least, and he fueled a championship run for the Colts in 2006. Right. But you couldn't keep him on the field, right? In part because he threw his body in that harm's way. Right. He, he welcomed it. Like and kamikaze. didn't under didn't understand the connection between doing that and maybe getting injured. <laughs> right. But I, 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 you know, maybe that's the way Derwin James plays. Maybe he plays with that same kind of abandon and, and you know, he's, he's not going to, how, how, how do you value him after I his know. third NFL season and right. give him a big money contract if he's going to miss all of the year? It pushes everything back a season now for him and for his career. And, and he's got to establish he can stay healthy before the Chargers make a huge commitment. I, I agree. You're right. I mean, you know, whether we like it or not and how much we like him as a player, and, and gosh, I like him as a person too. Yeah, the label is going to be here. To, it's going to stick now. He, he is. He's going to have the injury label next to him until he can prove he can, you know, clump together a few seasons in a row without getting hurt or something like that. But you're right. It's going to hurt his, you know, ability to ask for a new contract. And, you know, it's, it's interesting what you bring up with the Bob Sanders and things like that, too. You know, Bob Sanders was a smaller guy who was really thick and stout. Derwin James, you know, he's a long, wiry guy, which doesn't always mean you're made to be, you know, in the mosh pit and take on blocks and, you know, deal with the intensity and weight of those some of those collisions that go inside the tackle box there. That's where he's rare because, you know, he can do that, but yet, he could get on the edge of a defense and run down Lamar Jackson if you watch him in college or watch him in the pros his rookie year, do stuff like that. That's where it's unique. But, you know, maybe that maybe that is something we're going to watch for here. Maybe, you know, that's something he's going to have to improve about his physical ability, become a little thicker and stronger, maybe compromise a hair speed for that so he can take the wear and tear of the job. Well, it's definitely an issue for him, and it's an issue for the Chargers. And now there's an issue – as it relates to replacing Derwin James. Here's part of the press availability from Monday with Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn on the question of whether one fairly recognizable name may be added to the fold in L.A. A week ago, a couple weeks ago, you mentioned that, you know, you guys weren't inquiring about Earl Thomas. Um, has that changed at all? He's obviously a guy that knows your defensive system pretty well. Well, we have a lot of guys here in this camp that knows our system really well. You know, since you guys are consistently telling me how stacked we are in the secondary, why the hell would I be looking anywhere else? Well, that's Anthony Lynn putting, Damn. That, <laughs> drop. putting that issue to bed quickly. Hey, you're telling me how great we are. We don't need anybody else. So it looks like no home for uh, Earl Thomas in L.A. And, and th 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 you know, th we're a week and a half removed from all the stuff that went down. For the Ravens and Earl Thomas and Earl Thomas, not even a sniff. I'm telling you, just wait, just wait till he ends up playing for the Patriots for for the veteran minimum. Just wait. Well, Chris. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I will never, you know, I'll, I'll never. You're right. That would not shock me. Um, I know this. You know, again, it, and it doesn't like Earl Thomas. He's still a starting caliber safety in football. But I need to address this because, like, I people with my social media last week. I mean, 
just nonstop on me because I said Earl Thomas was a middle-of-the-pack safety. Listen, everybody that added me on Twitter and all that, you're wrong, so shut it. If he was a top five or a top ten safety, he'd be on a team right now. It would have already happened. His laundry list of off-the-field issues are not that long. He's not a top five or top ten safety. I know he's Earl Thomas. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Chris, you're overlooking one very important I understand. No, no, no. Go ahead. All 32 teams are wrong, and the people on Twitter are right. Oh, I, you're, you're right. Uh, you're right. I know. I know. You're just yeah. probably, and I'm, a, I'm the biggest fool on TV. That's, that's right. That's what I Well, wondered. you're right there. <laughs> You'll agree with them Three there. Three years of experience tells me there is something <laughs> to be said about that. All right. Uh, so the Chargers have to go forward without Derwin James, and we feel bad for Derwin James. And, uh, you know, it's, and, and here, you know what? It happens every year. Key player, big name gets injured. And the train keeps rolling, and it's out of sight, out of mind, just like Ben Roethlisberger last year, Cam Newton last year. It's going to happen, and this is the first big name, at least big name from the perspective of people who pay close attention, not necessarily a household name as far as football fans go, but Derwin James out for the year. Uh, Not good, obviously, especially because it felt like this was the year he was really going to establish himself. All right, Riley Reef of the Minnesota Vikings, who has been with the team for three years. He signed a five-year deal after his rookie contract with the Lions ended. He was a first-round pick in 2012. He's got that C on his jersey. Yeah. He may not have a jersey any longer. This one's amazing to me, although in hindsight, I guess I'm not really all that surprised. The Vikings are playing the take a pay cut or take a hike game. With Riley Reef in the out years of his contract, there's no guaranteed money left. There was no trigger back in March to have a, a, a big roster bonus or guarantee his salary. So th- this happens all the time. And, and look, is it right? Well, I don't know. They have the right to do it. You go to a veteran player with an inflated salary and you say, when there's not any real time to find another job, we don't want to pay you $10.9 million this year. We're going to pay you X instead. Take it or leave it. And if you leave it, we leave you behind. Yeah. And Riley Reef, I'm told, was telling teammates yesterday he expects to be cut. Now, maybe this is part of the stare down, right? Maybe this is part of the poker yep. base that he needs to show right. as the Vikings decide whether or not they want to go forward without Riley Reef. But, you know, Chris, I, we see this every year. It happens every year. Some guys take pay cuts. Some guys don't. But it's always hard to go out there and get what you would have gotten or get what they would have paid you on a reduced contract signing with a new team less than two weeks before the start of the yeah, season. Yeah, well, you know, as a player, you're, you're, you're handicapped here. I mean, what, what, are you, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, you're not going to go on the free market right now or, or get cut and find that contract out there. You'll have a hard time, you know. There's only going to be a limited amount of teams that might even want your services at this point. You know, yeah, I mean, he'll have some action, but – you know, for the most part, teams have got their guys in there and they've been taking reps and they've got the, you know, the 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 unity as far as between the five starting offensive linemen. Like to me, this is like and especially in a year like this, it's even worse with the pandemic and everything like this. It's kind of, uh, you know, to me, bad business. I wish this is something that they'd find a way to get rid of in the NFL or or, you know, NFL players. Oh, oh, I'm the starting tailback. Oh, oh. I'm I'm not going to play week one now that I'm the starter until I get a new contract. Oh, oh, I'm starting at right tackle this week. Oh, you cut the other guys that were competing. Oh, I, I mean, I, then this is what players need to do. They need to start doing the same games. This is what I, I would argue, uh, because this is one of the tougher things as a player. You're really in a tough spot here. You can't get away with that, though. You can't. You cannot do it. I mean, I advocate 
Yeah, I know what you're Yes. But the idea of threatening to walk out or not play, to abandon your team at the start of the season. I, yeah. Look, I've made the argument before that a, a guy should hold out of the playoffs, right? I made that argument on Le'Veon Bell's behalf, that, that that's the time to do it. That's your maximum leverage. That if you're one of these first-round picks that played really well and you finished your third season and you're getting ready to go to the postseason like Patrick Mahomes, hey, pay me my contract now or I'm, I'm, I'm not playing in the playoffs. You, you're going to alienate the fans. You're going to alienate your teammates. You're just going to come you off are. as you a are. guy that, that doesn't like football and, and you're going to be – you're going to be strapped with that for the rest of your career. So I, the, the, the answer is simple, Chris. The contracts have to be negotiated so that in every year there is that requirement to make a decision early. Yeah, right. $2 million right. roster bonus payable on March 15th. That's the fix. $5 million of the salary becomes fully guaranteed on March 15th. Whatever it is, you force them to deal with you with your salary and with your cap number in March so they can't play this game. Because yeah. the way it's set up, they can. And here's what happens. And this, this technically it's tampering. The agent will call around. Once the agent knows what the Vikings are willing to pay Riley Reef, he'll call around to other teams saying, what would you pay Riley Reef? What would you pay Riley Reef? It's tampering for the teams to engage in those conversations. But it happens, and you need to know. As the agent, you need to know what's behind door number two before you tell the Vikings to stick door number one up their butts. So, pardon me. Sorry, London. But, uh, <laughs> but that, that's, that's how this works. And you don't want to be in that spot where you're all of a sudden, on a Monday afternoon in late August, calling every team in the league saying, do you need a new left tackle right. two weeks from the start of the season? Yeah, no, I, I mean, you're exactly right. You know, and just to hit on like the football aspect of this in Minnesota – there's obviously got to be somebody in camp that's impressing them to know that, okay, well, if Riley does walk away, you know, Rashad Hill, who's a guy who's played tackle for them before in Minnesota, you know, he, maybe he's impressing. So they're not afraid if, if Riley Reef does walk away. I will say I'm a little surprised. I am, you know, again, this was a, one, a, a pretty damn good offensive line last year as far as the run game's concerned. Pass protection-wise, not the best always, but, uh, you know, this is, this is a tough thing about no preseason his moves like this offensive line we can't evaluate him we can't see him we don't know oh this guy got put in with the first team offensive line he must be impressing and those are context clues we usually get and we're just totally clueless right now as far as uh, that stuff is concerned my understanding is that the thought would be Brian O'Neill moves from right tackle to left tackle. Okay. Rashad Hill steps up as the right tackle. Ezra Cleveland was drafted in round two by the Vikings to eventually replace Riley Reef. He's not ready for that yet. In fact, they were trying him out of guard, but apparently that didn't. Not work. enough butt there. Uh, not enough. Uh, yeah. Not enough. Not enough power there to handle that yet. I don't think. And and so they go forward. If this happens, if this isn't some big bluff by the Vikings, and I don't think they tend to bluff, I think they go to Riley Reef serious that this is what they're willing to pay. And if he says no, then they move on. All right, yeah. we move on. When we return, Leonard Fournette waiting for his next team, but another running back drafted in 2017 has a team, wants a contract, maybe holding out and or holding in. We'll talk about when that when that day. Wait, I almost landed the plane and then I crashed it. We'll talk about that. When PFT Live continues right after this. As far as contract goes, I'm not concerned with contract talks at all. Like, I mean, me and my agent talked briefly about it, and I told him, I said, don't tell me anything about a contract until it's like something where it's happening or 
you know, if, if it's something that I need to know other than that, like, I mean, if I was my own agent, then I, I would have everything to tell you guys about a contract, but I'm not, and <laughs> I, don't, I don't talk upstairs about contracts, I don't talk to coaches about contracts. Alvin Kamara not concerned about his contract. That's August 10th. Well, there's concern three weeks later because Alvin Kamara, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, unexcused absences for multiple days as he tries to get his contract done. Now, I've seen others say, well, he's injured. And look, it comes down to are you really injured? Or are you trying? Is he doing to the rival contract, the Riley Reef thing we just talked about? I mean, in his own little way, you know. And, and and yes, and it's not it's not the deliberate. I refuse to play. Right. It's I'm injured and I can't play. It's the holding in. Joe yeah. Mixon last week, the Bengals running back, who's in the same posture as Alvin Kamara, missing multiple days with migraines and creating some messages with tweets he sent out making people think that he's he's you know got migraines yeah. not migraines right. and he's trying to solve that migraine with uh, you know a large bag of money which whatever tool you have use it chris we talked last segment about the possibility of a guy just saying right before week one i'm not playing you can't be that direct about it you have to say i'm injured and i can't play yeah and that may be exactly what kamara is doing and if he is so be it get paid christian mccaffrey got paid and the people within the Saints organization would say Kamara is every bit as good as Christian McCaffrey. They just don't use him as much. Then you better find a way to pay the guy. Yeah, no, I, you know, he's he's like a Christian. He's the Christian McCaffrey of this offense. That's what he is. You know, yeah, he's a little banged up last year. We know that. He told us that at the Super Bowl. He fought through some, uh, through some things. I'm sure that scared him. You know, this is a guy that's, again, he's put in a lot of work. He's touched the ball a lot. He's taken a lot of hits. Now he wants some reward. I understand that. You know, and he's got the great leverage of he is a key part and maybe other than Michael Thomas and this is arguable. I think you could argue this. It's either one of those two as far as the most important part of that New Orleans offense. So much of the run game and pass game is formulated around Alvin Kamara and that West Coast offense, especially the pass game. And that's where Drew Brees can dissect defenses. And Sean Payton finds all these ways to get in cute formations that are creative and find all these ways to get Thomas and Kamara the ball. Five yards on the out route, five yards over the middle, these option routes. I mean, so he has great leverage as far as talent is concerned. And then his scheme importantness or importance, I should say. Uh, you know, as far as that's concerned, he's he's got a lot to argue there, and that'll piss Sean Payton off if he doesn't have that tool to use him early on in the season. And usually it's, you know, it's not like this for the Saints. They don't have to deal with issues like this. Right. They get things under control. Now, Michael Thomas had to draw a line in the sand last year, but he finally got his money. But to it's always harder to show up and shut down than it is to not show up in the first place. But, you know, the new CBA made it more expensive to hold out, so I think we're going to see more and more guys hold in. I think this is going to be a trend, and we've seen several guys where we've at least wondered, is yeah, what we knew we knew that Melvin Ingram was That's doing right. it with the Chargers, yep. and there was speculation Dalvin Cook may do it in Minnesota. We're wondering what's Stephon up with Stephon Diggs Daniel got Hunter. a little sweetener, right? Right, right. We're wondering what's up with Daniil Hunter in Minnesota with all the practices he's missed. I just think when you see a guy and you could objectively look at his contract and say, hey, 
they're, they're, you know, maybe this guy isn't getting what he should get. If all of a sudden he's putting one after another after another absences together from practice, you have to wonder. It's fair to wonder, is this an effort to stay out of harm's way until he gets the contract he wants, Chris? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not mad at him if it, if it is. You know, we, how many times have we had this conversation? It's the most brutal position in all of sports. There's nothing worse. I mean, these guys get crushed. Uh, so between the physical abuse and then his importance to that scheme and Sean Payton and Drew Brees and everything they do that way, and he's clearly, when healthy, the best between-the-tackles runner for that football team too. So there's a lot of things that he brings to the table that help that offense go from being you know good to really good to one of the best. And Kamara, uh, Kamara is certainly a big part of that. Kamara, excuse me. Kamara, you got it Kamara, right. Kamara, I had it right. Reverted yeah, back to Kamara. Yes, Kamara. Yes. Kamara, Kamara, it's properly Kamara. The Saints properly at number five on the preseason power rankings. We continue to work our way up that stack all the way to number one as we preview a team's season. Now, the Saints have knocked on the door for three straight years, and the Saints are kind of like the Buffalo Bills of the early 90s. Even though the Bills made it to the Super Bowl and that's where they had their losses and went back to 0-0 zero and, zero and did it again, you could argue what the Saints are doing is even more impressive because they just aren't losing a Super Bowl by oh. 30 points. Now, the Bills' first one was one they, they could have slash should have won. Yeah. But but the Saints are having their hearts ripped out and, and, and their hearts are being stomped on. And it's a different way every time that, that they have this traumatic loss in the playoffs – and they find a way to reset and come back and be every bit as good as they were and be one of the best teams in the conference. And there's no reason to think they're not going to do it again this year, Chris. No, there's, there's not any reason for me, at least. I know that. I know you. I mean, obviously, you're a believer, too. And, well, first thing is Sean Payton. I mean, Sean Payton's one of the best coaches in the NFL. There's no arguing that. He's an unbelievable offensive mind. His teams, we always think about them as, oh, wow, they put up all these passing yards and all that. Uh, gosh, the second thing I think of after offensive genius is physicality when I think of Sean Payton. I mean, all these big dudes they got on the offensive line and defensive line, and they fly around and throw their bodies around with – you know, no regard to their body. And I think that speaks to Sean Payton, the kind of guys he gets. And he's got a little bit of that renegade attitude himself to where, you know, it's a feeding frenzy for that team. So I love watching them play football. And they're talented as hell. We know that. Yeah, I expect them to be there. And you, and the way they bounce back and some of these losses is just, it, it is, it's heartbreaking. It's a testament to Peyton, Drew Brees, and some of the other leaders they got on the team. But really, when you look at them, hey, the first thing that just jumps out to me, Mike, always with, the, with some of these really good teams, offense and defensive line. There's just no team in football that they're going to lose a matchup to as far as the in the trenches. They might have a few stalemates, but, man, it's one of the better offensive lines in football. It's one of the better defensive lines in football. And if they can get a guy like Marcus Davenport to show up to the party after they traded those assets for the you know in a first-round pick – and get him to become something off the edge and a threat that way, watch out for this Saints defense. You know, in a weird sort of way, I feel like the fact that the Saints won a Super Bowl 11 years ago with Peyton as the coach and Breeze as the quarterback makes it easier for them to deal with this disappointment. If they were chasing their first yeah. ring still, right. and they were getting that close and being thrown back into you know the the valley of zero and zero and have to do it all again. I I think the that, that they would they would break at some point. Right, right. The fact that they have that ring allows them to keep going and keep going. And eventually, there's going to be enough new guys, and there probably already are, who don't have that ring. It's going to be hard to hold it together. But it, it's amazing what the Saints have been able to do. 
going back every year, starting again, being dominant, and having the rug pulled out from under them before they could get back to the Super Bowl. All right, a little what's more likely, New Orleans Saints edition. What's more likely, Alvin Kamara rushes for 1,000 yards, or Latavius Murray has more touchdowns than Kamara. Kamara's career high is 883 rushing yards, and last year, Murray and Kamara each had six rushing touchdowns. Yeah. So what's more likely? I, I'm going to go with the Alvin Kamara. I'm in a thousand yards. I I just have a. I just think this is a year he's going to go off. I do. Now, the contract situation might be a little bit of a factor in that right there. I would probably feel more comf- confident, right, in in Kamara if if he gets this new deal to go. Okay, he's going to lay it on the line, and now that they know they have him signed up. They're going to use them, right? Like, they're not going to like, okay, we've signed you up. We've given you this money. We're going to get our money's worth out of you, too. So I guess there's a little bit of a a trepidation from that aspect for me. But regardless, I think this is a year where Kamara is really going to go off in this offense. Yeah, and look, that's uh, part of the analysis and part of the risk. If you pay the guy a lot of money, does does he still have that drive that you know, for running backs and defensive tackles, to me, those are the guys where sometimes when they get paid a ton of money, they lose that extra little edge that they have when they're chasing the bag. Sure. Once they get it, they maybe lose a little bit of it. And we'll see if that happens to Christian McCaffrey this year now that he's cashed in as well. I, but yeah, uh, you know, now you're chasing legacies. Once you get the money, you're chasing legacies. But uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I don't. I, I think between the two, Camara is more likely to get to 1,000 yards. But but I think it's telling that he hasn't gotten there yet. They like to use multiple running backs. That's the way they've always been under Sean Payton. They, you're right. They have. I mean, you know, Mark Ingram being there before that and all of that as well. Now, you know, Kamara has a, an ability to be a home run hitter too. I mean, not that he's going to go 80 and 90 yards, but, you know, he's got an ability to break a few tackles and 40 and 50-yard touchdown runs and do that type of uh, thing as well. But he he – is just unbelievable you know versatility and that's where he's got great importance to that offense um so yeah I I do I think it's going to be a big year for him and I think he's Mike just last thing with this is I just think he's one of those guys that he loves football he always has you give him the money he's going to thrive you don't give him the money he's too smart he's too talented he's going to take gas off you know take his foot off the gas pedal just a little because he's going to be worried about protecting himself and making sure he's healthy to get into free agency next year all right next what's more likely drew Brees gets an mvp vote or Taysom hill attempts 25 passes hill has 15 career passes including the postseason man i i don't think i can get i i mean i'm gonna say drew Brees gets an mvp vote because i just i can't imagine Taysom hill throwing more than 25 passes in a given year i i don't know he might get half a game yeah one and a half a game i don't and they're working him toward being the quarterback next year don't you think they should give him a little more i do uh, opportunity i do i i mean i i would uh, that's nice but it's just easier said than done you know what i mean to where I think there's certain weeks where, okay, some of those plays don't fit into the way the game's going. Hey, we're kind of dominating. Why show us, you know, why show this special Taysom Hill play we have? Or, hey, Drew's hit 24 to the last 28. Why the hell do I want to mess up that rhythm? You know, I just feel like that'll come into play in a week here and there. But, you know, I know they're going to put him on the field and do their best. Uh, but, yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll do the MVP vote for Drew there. Which one are Here's you going to do? Thing that- I'm going more than 25 passes. Okay. Here's why. Okay. They paid Taysom Hill a two-year – well, that, what is it? It's a, it's a two-year deal yes. that pays out a total of 16, 16 million guaranteed at signing. 
Uh, you don't pay $16 million guaranteed at signing if you don't plan to use the guy. And I think we're going to see him, whether it's throwing deep passes, whether he's going to be a change of pace, whatever the case may be, I think we're going to see more Taysom Hill. Remember, Drew Brees told us at the Super Bowl, he's fine with however many – now, he, anybody can say that, but he said it. He's on the record. He's fine if Taysom Hill comes in and plays I, some this year. I don't disagree with you that you know, we'll see more of them. I just don't know if I like buy into it. It'll be 25 passes. That's that. That's where I guess I'm just worried. But I agree with you if that they're, they're going to get their money's worth out of the guy, and he's going to get carries Real? and be that guy. Go ahead. Quickly. Win the Super case, Bowl. Win the Super Bowl. The Saints, of course, can win the Super Bowl. There's no doubt about it. There's really not a weakness to their football All right. team. Okay, I agree. Worst case. Worst case? Worst case is like I, I look at it, they're like the seventh seed. I, I don't I, I just think it's a playoff team. When I look at it, you know, I just don't find a lot of weaknesses. Like I said, maybe the secondary cover guys, okay, there's just it's nitpicky. There's just the, the issues I have with their roster are, are, are minute to me. Well, so like I said yesterday with the Bucks, worst case is they get in at least as the seven seed. So we're both basically in agreement that the Bucks and the Saints are getting in. So why yep. even bother to play? I'm not season? a totally agreement with the Bucks with you all there, all, all right. the way. So you yeah. feel more strongly about the Saints than the Bucks? I do. Getting I do. In. Yes. All right. Yep. Let, let's take a break. The NFL has taken over an investigation that they very much needed to take over, but are they taking it over under the right terms? We'll discuss that when PF Clock continues right after. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. So last week, one of the controversies that emerged as it relates to the Washington investigation is that the NFL was not going to take it over, was not going to hire an independent investigator after the Washington Post reported on additional incidents of alleged sexual harassment with a couple of things that that directly implicate owner Daniel Snyder. Well, as of Monday... Word came out that the NFL is taking over the investigation, but Chris, it's not as clean as it should be as it relates to the NFL stepping in. They're still going to let the investigator previously hired by Washington and by owner Dan Snyder to run the investigation. I think to have a truly independent investigation, you have to acknowledge that it was never independent from the get-go, that there are real issues about the team hiring, selecting, paying the person who's investigating the team. Let's just reset, hand the files over to the new investigator, and let's go that way. So maybe they're moving in that direction, 
First step is the NFL is taking over the investigation. What that ultimately means remains to be seen. But they had to do it. It was horrible optics to let Washington run an investigation of itself, especially now that the investigation was directly involving the owner of the team. Yeah, I, I mean, this is the proper thing. I mean, it's still not all the way proper. I mean, it, it's not, you know, just like you just said. That's the first thing, you know, we're going to let the person that Washington hired still lead the investigation. You know, how far are they going to really get? Mike, I'll refer to something you said in, you know, on the article on Pro Football Talk. Just, you know, why would anybody really want to talk to that person that is accusing Daniel Snyder or the Washington football team of any of this when you know, wait, Daniel Snyder hired this person? So anything I say is going to be construed in a manner that ooh, might help out Washington and Daniel Snyder. That's just not a good look for the NFL. And I certainly don't think it's a good look for the NFL right now in the circumstances of the world and where we're at. And, of course, we're very tough on players and their policies and anything they do wrong off the field or might have done wrong. And this kind of just looks like weak, like, oh, hey, you're an owner. And, oh, OK, well, yeah, we'll do an investigation. It just doesn't look good couple of things real quickly. First, according to the Washington Post, Daniel Snyder has released current and former employees from non-disclosure agreements that would allow them to cooperate with the investigation. Now, well, that doesn't mean presumably they can go tell their stories on the record to the Washington Post or anyone else. And I get the impression because they mentioned current and former employees being released from non-disclosure agreements. I get the impression they signed those agreements on the way in. Right. That they. Yeah. And, and that's the way to do it. Right. When someone wants a job, they'll sign anything you put in front of them. I want the job on the way out to get somebody to sign an NDA. You're going to have to give them some money. And it could be some signed settlement agreements later. But I get the impression since current employees had to be released from the NDA, they all have an NDA. They're all Makes under sense. an obligation to not talk, uh, but they can talk to the investigator. But but, you know, here's the thing, Chris, I think back to. The bounty scandal. I think back to Deflategate. I think back to the bullying scandal with the Dolphins. I think back to what happened with Jerry Richardson and the Panthers. There's always a sense when the NFL gets involved that the NFL is getting involved in order to drop the hammer. With this one, I feel like the NFL is trying to help Daniel Snyder. I agree. That they're not truly going in in an unbiased, objective way to gather the facts and, if need be, to remove Daniel Snyder or otherwise punish him or the team. I feel like they're trying to set this up for some sort of a soft landing. And and I, that's just the visceral sense I get I based on the way the NFL's handled this versus the way the NFL's handled all of these other situations where it's clear the NFL is coming after someone. Uh, I mean, uh, totally seems like that. You know, I, I don't know if you remember. Remember late last week, we were you and I were texting – and I, I threw out, like, maybe the NFL knows something we don't know here I, I, because I, I wonder because that's how it does look. You're right. It looks like they're like, oh, we don't want anything to happen here. You know, we, we, we want this to work out for Daniel Snyder and Washington and nothing be bad, you know, behind, you know, door number three or whatever that is. It, it certainly seems that way. So, uh, again, I don't know. And, I, and as we talked about last week, I certainly think there were some people that this was a constructed smear campaign and people are out to get Daniel Snyder. Whether anything is true or false, hey, I don't know. Well, time will tell. But, uh, you know, that, that's sometimes I just go back to that and going, maybe the NFL knows something more than we, than we know. Let's try this. Yeah. Th this is partially based on what's reported, a little bit based on things I've heard, and I'm going to throw a little – speculation on the tail end of it 
What if the NFL is treading lightly here because this investigation inescapably will wander into the territory that Daniel Snyder has has uh, entered into on his own with the lawsuit in India, the legal action in Virginia, trying to get to the bottom of who is smearing him. And it's become clear he believes it's one of his minority partners, yeah. Dwight Schar. Hasn't come out and said it directly, but he's come damn close to saying it. All right. If that's true and if that all comes up as part of this investigation, if there's any tentacles from Shar back to anyone else with any other team or with the league office or like this is – if there's any way – and this is the speculation, but if yeah. there's any way this all collapses on Shar and the league or anyone else in the league that's in cahoots with Shar, maybe that's why they're treading lightly. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe they know that there's a way this all falls apart in a way that puts mud and blood all over the NFL. Yeah, it's interesting, Mike. I mean, I, you know. That's all speculation. Yes, we get it. I get you. But that would explain why all of a sudden the league is taking a hands-off approach. Yeah. Not hands-off, but but far closer to hands-off than hands-off. Right, on. like we're in this. You know, hey, public eye, look, we're in this, we're doing this, but they're not really getting into the nitty-gritty details or maybe wanting to find all the real answers. I, I don't know where this goes in Washington, but hopefully it all gets fixed the, the right way. Something's going on, Yeah, we're going to continue to track it as it continues to unfold. Peter King joins us when PFT Live resumes right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 